And welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Where we are committed to wearing the same shirts for consecutive podcasts. No, just kidding. We are wearing the same shirts, but I'll explain that in a minute. But we are here to help you grow and to help you become the disciple that Jesus has called us to be and really to declare his lordship over every aspect of our lives. And, uh, and I joked around about the shirts because this is we're, we're in the studio today doing extra work uh, in anticipation of my schedule. I have the chance. In fact, when you're watching this, I, I'll be somewhere coming back from Pakistan, yeah. uh, where we will be declaring the lordship of Jesus <laughs> and extending a Christian worldview and helping uh, preach the, the kingdom of God in all of its fullness uh, yeah. to some very dear friends of ours over there overseas. So so anyway, we're doing double work today. Uh, we, we talked about maybe taking our shirts off, but I guess Switching we're going to avoid doing that. Well, too. I didn't want them to rip my shirt. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he puts on my shirt. It just seems or pops. No, like, Andrew, you're so, so kind. You're so, so kind. <laughs> but anyway, we, last week we... we told you we were going to be kicking off a series that is based upon uh, a wonderful book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Integrity, The Courage to Meet the Demands of Reality. And then he talks about six essential qualities to determine success, whether it's in your business, your ministry. I think it applies to every every arena of life. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's get into the first essential, yeah, uh, which is establishing trust. Yeah, build trust. Building it, trust. It, to me, this is like the foundational alpha characteristic for leadership, because you can. To me, you can build leadership two ways. You build leadership to, through well, I, I won't even call it leadership. You can get people to follow you two ways. One through tyranny <laughs> slash manipulation, coercion. Yeah. If you don't do it, I'm gonna fire you. If you don't do Fear. it, I'm gonna kill you. If you don't do it, I'm gonna put you in jail. Yeah. Which is not godly leadership at all, right? right, right. Or you do it through building trust, which is the only to me that's only, that's really what leadership is, is yeah. building trust. You think about the church, right? Like for someone to come to my small group or someone to, to be a volunteer leader or, or most things we do. I mean, we have some people on staff, but most of our leaders, by large, most of our leaders are are not staff. Right? right, right. They're volunteer. They're volunteer. So why would they follow us? Right. Why would they come on time? Why would they perform? Why would they follow our directions? It's not because we offer them anything of monetary value, right? Right. right. It's because we are actively building trust. If they don't trust us and there's not connection, they're just going to go... They're going to leave. I think of the guy that, uh, it's a slightly different application, yeah. but I think it applies here. The guy that said that uh, he doesn't invest in businesses. Mm -hmm. He invests in the people who run those businesses. Yeah. Um, in other words, you don't you don't just look on the, your uh, stock portfolio and go, I'm going to I'm going to buy this stock because it's a great, well-known company. It's mm -hmm. a, a name name brand company. Uh, no, it, companies don't run themselves. Yeah. Companies are run by people and. This guy says, I only invest in companies uh, of, of which I know that the leaders of those companies are people right. full of integrity and people that I can believe in. It's the same way in the local church. Uh, this is the most, uh, I guess, uh, trust-enriched environment possible because right. at the end of the day, as you said, people are not going to follow leaders that they don't trust. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to having high integrity, loving people well, leading well, these are the foundational things that we'll get into for, for, for you know. In other words, if you if you want to, to, to establish and build trust among your employees and your company and your church and your leadership in your life group and your marriage, what does that look like? Right. And what are the component pieces uh, uh, that are involved in building the trust? Right, and we got to hash that out. We're going to lay out the specific of building trust. But, I, I, you know, I want to just emphasize, like, in many ways— Building trust revealed whether you're a leader or not. When I was working as uh, in the school corporation, I found a lot of my students, 
They said, I would rather talk to you than my therapist. I'm like, well, why is that the case? Well, because they're paid to do it. You're not paid to do this. You wow. see that difference? So they recognize. They recognize. That person was unpaid. there listening because that's their well, job. And that might not be true. The person might be yeah. really caring. But because of the financial piece, they the students were maybe Savvy hurt enough. or they were cynical, whatever. They, they disqualify them because of that. Right. So, so there is true power when you're leaving people without any other incentive except that they trust you. Right. And I want to ask you, if you're a business owner, do your employees follow you because you're their boss and you pay them their paycheck? Right. Or do they follow you because they trust you? Wow. What a good, important question because at the end of the day, you don't want people right who, who, who only do what you tell them to do because they have to, because, right. because there's a paycheck attached to it. You want them to do it because they truly trust you. Wow. So. And they and kind of the things we talked about last podcast. They they're enriched by you. They they grow when they're right. around you. They know that they're yeah, loved. They're, they're invested in. Yeah. You know, right. those are all things again that, that establish credibility. So another way to think through your business or as our ministry or whatever you want to call it is, we are in the business or we're in the ministry. We're our action step of building trust. Everything we do should be building trust. That's building good. trust. Building trust. And, and he highlights uh, one of the cornerstone traits, I guess, or qualities or things we need to develop is the quality of empathy. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. What is, what is empathy and how does that, how does that yeah. establish trust? Well, that's the first step. You got to actively practice empathy. Now, I, I, I know that word's been thrown out a lot and people make memes making fun of it and all that kind of stuff, sitcoms making fun of all. But the, but as I dive- Because it sounds soft. It sounds soft. It sounds like woke, cushy right, or whatever. Right, but right. as I dive into it, I realize, well, the, the idea of empathy is really a godly, it's, it's a godly characteristic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus practiced empathy. But, but you know, empathy basically is you are, I, when I'm listening, it's different from uh, sympathy. Sympathy is right. saying, I feel sorry for you. Right. Empathy is I'm going to go and try my best to come into where you are sitting from right. and understand your perspective. Right. That's completely different from sympathy. And, and this this is such a, a an odd quality in the workplace because everybody in the workplace is focused on getting a job done, mm-hmm. not on how you get the job done. It's really about finishing, about you know time clocks, about production. And so we don't have a lot of times we don't have time to sit down and say, "Well, Andrew, how are you feeling today? Yeah. Or what's really going on right. in your life? Or talk to me about this because we're so driven to get things done." Right. And then you learn if you keep operating that way, your task oriented, your company will explode because no one has any relational connection. And, and companies at the end of the day is made of people. And there's no empathy. There's no building trust. Right. There's no connection. It's not a healthy culture. You just you're not going to grow. And so right. you're going to have this. Massive backdoor with people flooding out yep. because they don't feel like anybody knows them, cares for them. Or you have people who are stealing, people who are not led well, they're unmotivated, they wasteful their time and energy, yep. and just that that's yep. you you end up not being efficient and productive. So so empathy is I mean, I'll be the first one to, to admit, like empathy is not one of my strengths. Uh, it's probably one of my weaknesses. You know, I don't know how many times when I was dating my wife and even earlier in my marriage, my yep. wife says, you keep telling me my feelings are wrong, my perspective is wrong. Even if it's wrong, can you just understand where I'm coming from? Wow. And I said, no, because you're wrong. I don't need to understand where you're coming from because it's wrong. And I don't remember how many times I told my kids, don't feel that way. Those feelings are wrong. Right. You know, all those things I'm like, oh, I cringe at all the times I spoke those words. Because right, as soon as you declared those words, the walls went up, the trust went down. <gasps> I didn't understand empathy. Yeah. So even in that marital marital thing, okay, yeah. our husbands and wives are different. That's how God made us. We, we're not only dif- different physically, we're different emotionally. Yeah. We have usually opposites attract. 
So now you come together, and what you're saying is one of the key things to establishing trust in a relationship is to hear your wife out, <laughs> listen to her, yeah. hear her heart, seek to understand her. Mm-hmm. In other words, like you said, step into her context yep. uh, and then begin to understand her. Once she feels like you care enough, yeah. I care enough to understand her, then we establish trust and there's more sharing and there's more communication. Yeah, and, and I think the first step is to recognize that we aren't practicing. When, like, oh wait, I'm not practicing empathy right now. When I'm saying stuff like, I don't need to understand you because you're wrong, there's such arrogance to that. But I mean, even outside of that, my brain has not locked onto empathy. Yeah. You have to, so the first part I put, you have to be intentional. Yeah. If you're not thinking, I mean, I've been in conversation with people, and the whole time listening to them, I'm just thinking, I'm going to defeat the argument. I'm going to argue that that one's wrong, that thing's wrong, that thing is wrong. I'm not even listening. Right. And I have to be intentional to shut that off and say, I need to understand. So he gave a great example of a merger taking place and, yeah. and two two different divisions or two different companies becoming one company and having a big meeting and the CEO was up there, you know, uh, leading. Yeah. And, and then it came to question and answer time. And, and one woman just shared really what she was saying is there's been a lot of people that have uprooted that have moved here that 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 um she was all about the relational she was like the mother hen of her of her Her, her division yeah and she was concerned about these people's lives disruption sacrifices etc and the ceo just all he heard was is this going to impact my division in this way and he said no it's not basically don't worry about it it's it's gonna be good and what he what he failed to do was to step into this woman's the questioner's life. Yeah. And he could have said, you know what? Help me understand better. What what are some of the things you're concerned about? Help me understand better. And then, and if he would have just shifted from giving the the solution, which is what right. men are good at. Right. Men like to fix things. Right. 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 So I, I'm going to fix it. No, I'm going to assure you, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. No, that's not the, what your scenario that you're thinking of is not going to happen. So let's move on to the next right. question. He just absolutely deflated that woman where if he would have just simply tried to connect with her at her level to understand, let her know, I understand why you're concerned. I understand yeah. why you feel or help me. Yeah. Either I, do, I understand right. or please help me understand. Right. right. Or say, hey, it sounds like you're really concerned about employees and I appreciate your concern for them. I'm concerned for them. I'm also. concerned too. Yeah. I care about these guys who have uprooted themselves for this, to take yeah. this job and now there's a crazy, crazy transition. And is there a future for me in this company? Absolutely. That's, 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 that's helping with those concerns, you yeah. know? I mean, I, I cringe just even hearing that because I feel like I've done that a million times. <laughs> just we're, like we're not sitting here as the experts; we're just highlighting. No, I'm recently yeah. learning how yeah. how important this is to connect with people because I want people to empathize with me. Yeah. So sometimes your own pain, and then you realize, oh, I'm doing the same thing to other people. So yeah. so you have to be intentional. There needs to be a button that comes off in your head and says, "It's time for me to practice empathy." Especially for those now, there are people with that gift. Like my wife practices that gift all the time. That's her default. Right. That's not my default. Most men I've known, that's not their default. Yeah. They're problem solvers. They want to deal with the issues yeah. and not empathize. So intentionally maybe step back step with back. the people that we're Sense. working with yep. and, and say, hey, tell me about your day. Or how did that make you feel? Oh, yeah. um, or, man, you must be concerned about that. How, how can I serve you? How yeah. can I help? That 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 goes so much farther in and loyalty oh, and gosh. commitment and production Absolutely. and everything and keeping your 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 uh, your team as feeling like family and yeah. not just you know I'm just a manager I'm just a a, a, a cog in the wheel yeah. right um, 
So anyway, yeah. uh, be intentional about it. And the second part is you got to practice humility. And we talk about that all the time. In this context, it just means you have to lay down your agenda. I mean, how many times I go into the discussion, uh, potentially argumentative, especially with my wife or, or, other, or other people, and I know I'm right already. I know that this is the right way to go. So I'm not asking any questions anymore. If I do ask questions, yeah. they're not questions that I really want answers to. Well, and, and I'll bring this yeah. up. You know, yeah. sometimes when you're the leader of whatever it is that you're leading, yeah. um, you are responsible for making the final decision. And when you listen to somebody, you might have more information or you might be seeing from 40,000 feet where this person's only seeing, you know, they're in the weeds. Mm -hmm. And so you might have other information they don't have. And you might be right. I mean, we can't assume that we're always right because sure. that's that's a prideful blind spot, but sometimes you might be right. right. But you still need to hear them out. You still need to listen. You still need to validate what they're feeling. Uh, and you need to thank them for their input and you need to let them feel like they've been heard. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to feel like, well, that nobody, uh, what, why bother going to pass around? They don't listen to us anyway, you know, or nothing will change. Those right. types of, I've heard those types of comments before, which I, I sit there and I go, you know, that's not really true. But it's true in that person's mind for whatever reason. Right. And it's my job as a leader to 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 hear them and to make them feel heard and well, that their I'm, opinion I'm, does matter. Although I, at the end of the day, I still have to make a decision. Well, I, I'm going to jump to the next point is making sure they felt heard. Mm. Now, I've seen discussions in which people are like, well, I heard them. Well, but the other person didn't feel that way. Right. And there's there's an art to to... Again, I don't think I think most people can go into a meeting and not have to have their opinion taken, but to have their voices not heard is completely different. Right, and I think we need to make sure people feel like they're heard, they feel like their voices are actually heard. You know, we we talked, Marion and I uh, talked a couple of weeks ago. We had the privilege of, sh of sharing at marriage class, mm -hmm. and we were talking on the larger topic of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of anything that that destroys intimacy faster than when one spouse feels like they're not heard. Uh, they're just trampled over, they're steamrolled over, they're not even asked for their opinion, right. or decisions are made in a marriage uh, when when the spouse's, other spouse is not included in that decision-making process. Um, these are all things that just simply say, you know, you're not valuable, you're, you're not important, I don't even recognize you, you're not important in my life. Um, and uh, those are devastating as it relates to establishing yeah. trust. And this leads to like a good listening skills. Again, like I feel like I'm talking like elementary school. Everyone, <laughs> I'll just that our, our color blast, and they're like, no, "When I'm you, talking, you, you're listening." But, but you shared uh, last Sunday yeah. in your message. Uh, with Alethea, your daughter. Yeah. That was such a part. And we've all, you know, we're, we're, I'm not I'm not exposing your dirty laundry here because no, I got my own. I sure don't. But, but it, everyone, yeah, yeah, you shared it. But I thought, share that again because she basically was saying, hey, Dad, uh, you're yeah. not lit, yeah. practicing good listening. This is skills. not good listening skill if I'm just like, okay, yeah, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. That's not good listening skill. Yeah, daddy, daddy, and you're, yeah. and you're looking right. at, your, right. at your phone. You know, like basic stuff like eye contact, like basic stuff like, hey, you know what, like engage, listening, like shutting the phone off, you know, making sure we're not interrupted, going to walk together, being focused in. There's, How about this as yeah. a skill? You know, Andrew, let me make sure I'm understanding what's really yeah. on your heart. Is this really uh, what is you're this saying? Is this really what you're saying? Right. And you restate it, right. and then you're going, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Or, or no, like, you're no, still not getting. No, that's, that's, not, that's yeah. not it at all. Like all that. I mean, I, the story I share was my my daughter. She was young at the time, like three or four years old, just just kind of just chatting along and just trying to get my attention, tell me about her day. Which honestly, at that point, I didn't really care about. Yeah, you were thinking about. A I was. Other I was trying to unwind, come tired from work, whatever. That I mean, everyone can relate to that. And she turned. She grabbed my hand and my head in her hands, turned me towards her 
to look at her eye contact and said, stop <laughs> saying yeah, 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 and listen to me. She literally grabbed she your grabbed face me, with her turned hands. me, yeah. And, and it was amazing. I felt it was a Holy Spirit moment because yeah. the Lord told me, if you don't, if you lose her heart now, you're not going to get it back. Yeah. This is this is the age when she needs to know that she has your whole heart. And, and this is really what we're talking about. Whether we're leading a church or whether we're leading a business or whatever, it's not just about having people's heads. It's having people's hearts. Yeah. And if you have their hearts, they will follow you into battle. Uh, they they will go after the, those record-setting, you know, marks that you've established as goals. When their hearts there, yeah. it, it, the task is easy. When their hearts engaged, if, if we lose people's hearts, then they're just going through the motions. Yeah, I heard this amazing teaching on head and heart talk a while ago, and I don't know if it's completely accurate, but I thought it was kind of fun. He mm -hmm. says, you know, we often use head talk to heart talks. But let me switch that around. So, for example, like if someone says, you know what, well, like I, I'm really struggling with this task. And what they is really heart talk. They want to feel like they're not alone. They want to feel like you got right. their back. But you say to them, you use head talk. You said, hey, this task, well, it's easy. All you got to do is A, B, C, D. You give them all the solutions, which they probably already know. So you miss them completely. Right. Now, let's turn that around. If someone wanted a head talk and you give them a heart talk, it's ridiculous. Like right. if I say, hey, Pastor Ron, what's the direction to get to uh, Joel Osco? You're like... Andrew, <laughs> you must feel so lost right now. <laughs> I feel your pain. You feel your pain. Like, I don't care. Just give me the direction. Give me the direction. Hey, what time is that meeting? Oh, I remember that one time when I got lost. I don't know what time this meeting was. It was so hard. Let me connect with you. No, I don't need the empathy, man. I just want to know what Tell time it is. Tell me what time meeting. to be at the meeting. That's ridiculous, right? Right, right, right. But on the other flip side, we don't think it's ridiculous when we respond to heart cries and we give them facts and information. That's good. And we don't, yeah. we don't think that's ridiculous. Where it's just as ridiculous and people walk away completely like yeah. disconnected. So we need to, leaders need to have the, the empathy to be able to realize, are they looking for facts? You gotta read between the lines. And uh, husbands, I wanna give you a hint. <laughs> Most of the time when your wife comes talk to you, now there are times when she, my wife is like, what time is our meeting? Yeah, yeah. Or give me, put me the, the calendar, the schedule on the calendar, that's head talk, get that. Yeah. The 99% of the time is heart. Yeah. And we need to disengage our mind and we need to connect with heart and our kids too. And I felt, you know, sometimes as a pastor, you know, a lot of times we're in situations that are yeah. painful, someone's funeral, uh, a death, uh, yeah. a hospital situation, um, a, a marital uh, breakup. In, in those situations, it, it has been proven, you know, with studies that what the person is not looking for are facts. Yeah. They, yeah. Oh, you know what? This is what I did when I was... No, sometimes just your physical presence and yeah. just your a hug and, and just your silence and just being there yeah. is all that they need. And I've, I've noticed this in my marriage. Sometimes my wife just needs a hug. She, yeah. just, she just needs me to hold her. She just needs a kiss. She just needs to know it's going to be all right. And... Um, and that, that gets that gets you over the hump, yeah. and it gets you through. And most importantly, it establishes, hey, my husband's a safe place I can go to um, when I really need something, when need help. Yeah. Uh, he is a safe place, and that should be the same place in our places of employment. If you manage a, a group of people, is your office a safe place? Is your heart a safe place where they can go and just say, hey, I'm really dealing with this? It might not even be work related. It could right. be could be completely uh, family, kids, whatever related. Sure. But um. But are you a safe place? Yeah, and I think the proper, a lot of times people think, oh, what, I get walked over. I mean, there's still boundaries in place. You got to establish proper boundaries. Right. But I think the, if you have the right perspective, you know, to understand, look, this is really the, the primary ministry, or this is really leadership development. This is really 
this is the this is the reason why I'm here. I think that that gives context to right. everything, you know. I think the larger issue, like you know, someone might be saying, well, you know, my my job as a, as boss is not to be a therapist. For they're, we're here to get a job done. In fact, I'm here to get a job done. If I don't produce, then my my neck's on the line. Yeah. I mean, I get all that, but I think what we're trying to say is if we, if we will operate in integrity and realize that we're dealing with people, not mm-hmm. just an employee, but with people, and if we can connect with them at that empathy level mm-hmm. let them know we understand them love them they're going to be a much better employee. Have the best employee i mean the message i crafted a couple weeks ago on psalms 139 about being known to get yeah. to being known great message by the way in fact go to online on, on our livingstone lstones.org to our media page listen to that message is a great yeah, word. it's god has given us the gift of knowing us deeply and mm-hmm. I, I i really think we're, we ought to give the gift as best as we can when we're incomplete we cannot never replace god but the gift that gift of knowing to to the people around yeah. us, to our employee, to our employees. You know, when I when I talk to the guys from um, Beaten Bow Homes, the guys from Texas, I mean, their their leaders' main priority is to lead and to know the guys underneath them. It's not task oriented; it's people oriented. Because so if yeah. if I work for you, you're yeah. my boss. Your focus is going to be on knowing Ron Johnson, Ron, knowing extending the gift of knowing my wife, my yeah. kids' names. Yep. Yep. Um, my birthday, uh, what I like, what my hobbies are. I was talking to Joel, Joel D, and he was saying at when he went to the Bean Bowl Conference, uh, Kingdom Work down in Texas, his table leader told him he had a situation in which he talked to his leader, it might be Rick, and said, hey, um, I'm struggling with this guy not performing or whatever issue was. And Rick basically says, uh, but do you know that you're, this guy's name, the kid's name? Do you know his kid's No, I don't. Well, go get to know his kid's name. So wow. he went. So, so here you got the presenting problem. Yeah. But really, the deeper problem is you don't have trust. enough relational yeah. equity with that employee yeah. to help them get through whatever right. the, the stumbling block and, is. And I will even venture because we talk about well, what about boundaries and accountability? And they would be too familiar, and they won't listen to me. I venture. I I think about the people who are under my uh, leadership. leadership yep. The people who I've practice to give the gift of knowing more to the people I have worked to empathize with more there are people I can more I have no stress and no fear in correcting or challenge or challenging yeah or growing it's the people who I don't have a great relationship and I'm supposed to go and solve like right. do confrontation or do some type of accountability that's when I struggle the most wow. you see what I'm saying so this type of relationship has to lead to greater accountability greater correction greater growth because without accountability you can't have growth you need to be pointed out what you need to grow in. That's what accountability is. That's good. So, so we got to be intentional. We got to be mm-hmm. humble mm-hmm. because you have to realize uh, it, it takes humility to come low to get into somebody's world. Yeah. Uh, the third thing we just talked about here is yeah. you have to be a good listener. listener. And then talk about the next one. Yeah, we talk about being felt hurt. Uh, you make sure the person felt hurt. And, and, and I think we need to understand invalidating someone's feeling is so destructive to them. And this is something, okay, so as a kid, I remember. Um, Taking a test, I still remember this this memory in, in elementary school, or maybe even younger. I don't remember. I, I got a bad score, and my friend who just said, "Hey, don't worry, be happy." And 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 he, though he had good intention, I think it was when that song right, was pretty right. popular. Don't so I was singing that song. Happy. I want to punch him in the face, right? Because the Henry Cloud says, "You're hurt twice. You're hurt because of something that disappointed right. you. Right? You were hurt because you didn't do as well do as you wanted want to, to on the do. exam. I'm disappointed, and I'm hurt second time because my friend." says your feelings don't matter right. just be happy right. just be happy you know right, right, right. and i'm not understanding my disappointment right. my struggle right now you're saying your feelings are stupid they're invalid they yeah. shouldn't exist 
Right. So I think we need to we need to be careful to not confuse saying don't be led by your feeling, which is legitimate, and that's growth. And we need to train our kids to be not be led by their feelings to don't feel this way because you're stupid and you're that's wrong. Great. And those two things we get confused all the time. Yeah. I have to learn how to communicate to my kids very well. I I legitimize and validate your fears. But let's overcome your fears. Right. Instead of stop being afraid or yeah. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. I and mean, we can yeah. even quote Throw scripture, scripture at people. Yeah. We can say, hey, what what are you dealing with? Yeah. Why are you afraid? Yeah. And then help them cross the bridge to faith. Right. And get, but you can't just cross the bridge and, and leave them on the other side feeling stupid or yeah. embarrassed or shamed because of their throw feelings. Bible verses at people, man. I, I never work well with me and people throw. But if they knew me and they've talked with me, they processed right. with me, and they say, hey, I was praying for you and this verse came to mind. I right. want to throw that now your you're way. receive it. Oh, man. That's completely different from someone who's just like, oh, here's a verse. You're like, you don't even know my problem. Yeah, or I've, I, this is one of my pastoral frustrations. I'll, I'll see you on Sunday, and yeah. I say, "Hey, Andrew, how you doing? How was your How was your week?" Huh? Praise the Lord, brother. Everything's Everything is great. When When I might even know it yeah. hasn't been great, or yeah. even just my question. Sometimes I'm not really. I'm asking the question, but I'm not really wanting an answer. Yeah, that's the other side of yeah. it. So I I ask you, but then yeah. I'm moving on. Right, and I haven't taken the time to humble myself right. to really get into your world to take right. the time and initiative to right. go there. So it goes both <laughs> ways because this does take time. Yeah. It does take time. So, so hey, let's let's uh, let's forgive one another and not, uh, not if, if 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 during this podcast you're thinking about somebody who's been your greatest <laughs> offender, you're missing the whole point. This yeah. is for it's us personally, not to apply it to your spouse right. or to your boss or to somebody right. else. Don't use this as a weapon <laughs> yeah. against your husband. <laughs> exactly. Get some phone calls. That will not yeah. uh, age no, well, right no. there. All right. Well, let's, the second part to build trust. Is vulnerability. Yeah. So talk about vulnerability a little bit. That's kinda... <laughs> yes, vulnerability. You know, especially as a leader, we're all, we're taught that um, you know you share up, you don't yeah. share down. Um, you know, especially in the church, this we have created such a toxic culture where if a leader is vulnerable and sharing any imperfections, any struggles, any yeah. hurts or pains. Talk about cancel culture. Yeah. I mean, that's the fastest way to find yourself out of a job spiritually is if you're actually vulnerable and authentic with the people that you're leading. But just the opposite is true. Yeah. When a leader says, you know what, I've struggled with that too. Or, you know, when you stand up in the pulpit on, on Sunday and you preach and you share not your successes only. I mean, people need to hear successes. But when you share your failures... Then there's a sense of people identifying with you as a yeah. leader. Go, wow, Pastor Andrew deals with that too. Yeah. Wow, I can, I can, I can be vulnerable with them. You know, when I shared that just several weeks ago in marriage in marriage class, the Holy Spirit just led us to where I ended up sharing a story about God dealing with my anger, mm-hmm. and it really broke me. And I, I just shared complete transparency about earlier days in my marriage with my kids when I was stressed out and frustrated, and I created an atmosphere in my home that wasn't healthy. And the Lord said, you're the problem. It's not your kids. You're the problem. And I just, I just shared that. And it was through tears. I mean, it was still raw, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I said, how many of you in this room are dealing with anger right now? Would you stand with me? Yeah. Not would you stand, but would you stand with me? Yeah. Because these are sins that are destructive and that we need to identify and that we need to get freedom from. Oh, that's good. And I was operating at that point from a place of, of freedom myself. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, I wasn't operating. I'm like, I just Still chewed out my kids before I got here. I, who wants to stand with me? You know, that, right, right. And that's talk about that a little bit because yeah. that is counterproductive if we're not right. if we're not being vulnerable from a place of of victory. Right. And Henry Cloud made this great point. He talks about how vul- true vulnerability that leads to building trust. It's it's there's two components to it. You're vulnerable enough to be able to connect but you're strong enough to inspire them. If you're just so nobody wants to identify, oh, that guy is, oh, you're still dealing with sin X, Y, and yeah. Z. Yeah, well, let's talk about pornography. Yeah. It's a rampant <clears throat> disease in our culture today. Yeah, I struggle with pornography. So if I share, hey, guess what? We struggle with pornography just this morning before I came and preached a sermon. I was looking at porn this morning, yeah. and that's all I'm praying. People would be like, what the heck is going on, right? Right, no one's going to go, right. man, Andrew inspires me. Right, right. But, but if I say, hey, you know, this has been a struggle for years and years, but you know what? I've been... Uh, but, but, for years, I've been seeking the Lord, and I, I, I seek counsel from from other men and, yeah. and accountability. And and even though I was in my pits, but it was so dark. But the Lord overcame, and we pushed through. So there's a connection because people don't like to talk about what pastors generally talk about pornography and right. addiction and struggle and whatever. But then this is a this is a this is a huge issue in our culture today, and there's a real struggle. So right. you share your real struggle, but you share share about how we we can overcome through the blood of Christ. I think it's some powerful services we've had at Living Stones uh, where various women have at times stood up and said, hey, this is part of my past. You know, when I was 18, I got pregnant. I had an abortion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're sitting there going, wow, that lady? Yeah. And look at her now. She's yeah. a godly lady. She She's ministering to other people. You know, she right. her, her, God's redeemed her marriage. Uh, you know, and you go, wow, it gives you the freedom. We're at, at our encounter weekends when yeah. they hear our leaders oh, talk about, yeah. you know, right. but, they're, but they're sharing from a place where this is where I was. Right. This is what happened. This right. is what God did to heal right. me. And now I'm ministering out of a place of strength. That establishes yeah. uh, great trust. Great trust. And I was sharing this principle with a bunch of young, young, young leaders. I mean, our common ground, uh, some of these guys. I said, look, so here's the deal. You can be vulnerable, but you if you want to be a leader, you need to overcome. If you struggle with pornography, yeah. you better overcome it before you start teach, right. helping other people you know, uh, overcome it, right? And, and if you struggle with, with whatever sin, there is a degree of overcoming you need to have to be a leader. That's not sugarcoat this. Right. You're not like super broken and then going to be a leader. No, no, no. You have to overcome. I have to overcome pornography. I have to overcome other anger, whatever, whatever, whatever issues. Character flaw, yeah. I have to deal with and overcome. It's the same in our marriage. I mean, you, don't, you don't go back to your wife and say, oh, honey, you know, I'm sorry I just exploded on you for the 1,000th time. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, right. she's like, please. Uh, keep your apologies, right, you know, right. or, or I repent. Uh, no, yeah. you obviously aren't getting it because right. you continue to do the same right. thing over and over and over again. So there has to be, as you said, a degree where we're serious enough about whatever our blind spots or weaknesses right. are to where we actually move to a we place overcome. of overcome. Right. But at the same time, you share about where you were, you share about the, the struggle you had, but you have to be strong enough to inspire people. It's that combination that truly builds trust. Yeah. It's not like, let me jump in the pit with you and we'll yeah. wallow in here together. Together and just, yeah, that's a pity party. Yeah. We need to be but, strong enough to reach right. in and pull people out of the pit. But you're also not a Superman who's just like, I have never lusted after right. anyone before. This is I've man, never dealt with any of the sins that I don't, you anger whatever yeah. i don't understand any of those i have a perfect marriage and people are like I, don't, I can't connect with you yeah. you know i heard i think it was charles spurgeon said if you if you want to be a successful preacher preach to people's pain yeah in other words identify with where they're at talk about the pain that they're going through have empathy for for who they are and what they're struggling yeah. with and you'll always have a crowd yeah if you preach 
I've been in victory all my life, and yep. I've never experienced defeat. <laughs> right. And let me tell you how you can live in victory all your life. People right. just, you're like on an ivory tower, and they're right. just like, wow. They might have respect for you, yeah. but they don't have trust for you because they feel like that that dude can't relate sure. to, my, to my real life. Well, that's good. And I think yeah. that's, the, that's the criticism of a lot of people in the church, a lot of pastors, is they see somebody as so unapproachable and so unidentifiable that they go, you know, that guy up there in a nice robe and a gown and preaching the these and the thous. And yeah. uh, he obviously can't relate to me. I'm a blue collar guy out here with with guys in the steel mill. Though You should hear their language. You should see what I got to deal with. Right. You, you know, right. they, they, there's a great disconnect and they feel like nobody, they can't really identify with that dude in the pulpit. Right. Um, so, so it is important. I think we, we really try to foster a culture of authenticity yeah. here because we value trust and we know without trust you can't raise up great right. leaders. That's good. And I was going to mention one other point is, is you know, this combination of vulnerability and strength is really, we find embodiment in Jesus Christ. You know, it's hard to relate to Yahweh. You know, the, yeah. The, if Jesus the, came just as the Son of God, yeah. we'd all go, oh, well, he's the Son of God, right? Yeah, but, he's, he, no, he, but he was fully man. Yeah. And he went through his struggle, his brokenness. He never tempted sinned. in every tempted way. In every way. Yeah, was Hunger, sin. thirst. Without sin, but he was... And maybe that's... It. I, I was just thinking yeah. about what we were talking yeah. about. What a beautiful phrase that captures the tension. Tempted in every way, yet without sin. That's why we can trust him. That's why we are inspired to yeah. follow him. He identifies with our weaknesses and our pain. Right. But he's not in our week. In fact, Jesus, as we know, was sinless. He yeah. he took everything on and right. won. Now you can you can you can celebrate and follow a leader like that. Absolutely. He he's not unapproachable. He's relatable. He was a carpenter. He was a blue collar guy. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was struggling. In prayer. Yeah. Got tired. Worked got long tired, days. Got frustrated. Got frustrated and flipped tables. <laughs> you know, godly frustration. Yeah. You know, that's not sinful. Not sinful. Yeah. But but again, like it's hard to relate to Yahweh. The the the, the I was re I've been reading Exodus and just like the, the cloud on the mountain and lightning is like uh, uh, I can't well, relate to that. You know, theologically we talk about the difference between transcendence yeah. and eminence. Transcendence being God is so above us, so right. not us, so beyond us. He's holy, right? Uh, he's unapproachable in that regard. We we talk about his communicable attributes versus his non-communicable. That that his transcendence is something we don't share. Yeah. But then we talk about his eminence, God coming near, God becoming one uh, with human nature, yeah. right? Uh, living among us, uh, taking on human flesh, the incarnation. Right. And that's the, the nearness of God. So we got the farness and we got the nearness. And I think that's the tension that, that Cloud's trying to right. address as leaders. Right. Don't be so ivory towerish that people can't relate to you living right. behind your, your closed door and, and you're, you're unapproachable. But also don't be so you know, close or near that people have no respect for you or or you're still dealing with the same messes that they are. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So there's got to be that tension uh, in between. So Jesus came in preaching empathy, demonstrating empathy. But it's not just Jesus, Paul and Peter and all yeah. the, the Every patriarchs, all the, all the people in the Bible. I mean, they the Bible clearly shows their flaws. They overcame, but, but they were struggling. You know, David, just all of his psalms. Yeah. You know, so... Building trust by by practicing vulnerability in a correct way. You know, and we're in a series now on the Psalms, mm -hmm. and I think that's perhaps one of the reasons why the the Psalms are some of the most beloved portions of Scripture, because people can relate to a leader like David, a man after God's own heart, and yet he was certainly not without flaws. Not and how many times does David deal with being afraid, yeah. feeling like he was alone? God, do you hear me? Are, are you listening? You know, right. he dealt with all the insecurities and struggles we deal with, and yet yeah. he modeled for us 
how to live right. a, a victorious life yeah. and how to really put his faith and confidence in the Lord. No, that's good. Uh, and boy, what a, what a great tension point uh, to struggle with here. So uh, yeah. lastly here. Just real quick, last one. Um, you practice uh, building trust by giving favors. By really just looking out for people, blessing them, honoring them. And, you know, he talks about doing business with somebody. You know, of course, in business, you have a written contract. It's good to spell out expectations yeah. right, and right. all that. And we recommend that. But he says, okay, so let's just say something shifts. Mm -hmm. Like, like okay, the price of lumber mm -hmm. skyrockets. Yeah. Never uh, happened. That yeah, never nothing happen. like like this time but now though, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but you got a contract. COVID hit, yeah. And so yeah. in this situation, I'm going to be the big winner. Yeah. Maybe I'm the supplier mm -hmm. of lumber. You're the purchaser. Yeah. But we have a long-standing relationship. And if I have integrity, I I'm concerned about you winning with me. Yeah. Not a win-lose situation or wow. Right. I'm gonna really score on this contract because right. Andrew's gonna have to pay 50% more in lumber prices. Right. I'm gonna score. Right. That's really not treating you as a partner. Right. It's treating you I, I, I'm really a, a contractor I, or I'm yeah. preying on you. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? The shoe might be on the other foot someday. Sure. So if I have integrity in the relationship, I want it to. I want you to. I know I'm looking out for you. Yeah. Talk about that point. I mean, I thought that was such an incredible point that when you really have integrity, yeah. um, I know you're. I don't have to guard my back. Right. You have my back. Well, that's what he he says. One of the I forgot what language word for trust. Is careless, careless, which, careless. Yeah. So it sounds like, oh, you're careless, you're knocking over. Not that careless. So when I'm around you, I don't have to. My 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 spider sense is not up. I'm not like watchful. I know that you got my back, so I don't have to look over the contract. Again, contract is a good thing. I'm not saying that, but I don't have to be it's like, not hey, letter of the did law. you put some random clause in here? I don't have to worry about that because you know, just just now when I I roll a contract with, with Sean, he's he's my realtor trying to sell my house. Like, I didn't even read it. Why? Because I trust him. Right, right. You know? You know he, he cares about you. He yeah. loves you because you have a relationship. Because deep relationship. Now, I'm not saying don't read contracts. Read contracts. But in this case, we have such deep relationship, I, I trust that he has my best interest in mind. That's yeah. what it means to be... Yeah. No, and that, and that again, I, th I just think how many people, in, even in Christian business, it's more letter of the law. Yeah. Even people re uh, approach that in terms of their relationship with God, letter of the law. I read my Bible. I prayed. I gave, I gave. you know, I always find people, it's kind of humorous to me when we talk about tithing, of course, giving a tenth. So if somebody's paycheck is, you know, uh, $1,723.32, I get a, a tithe for $17.32, yeah. uh, which... You know, it's like, at least, like, be generous. Round up to the nearest dollar, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a letter of the law approach to give. Yeah, right. And again, I appreciate the fact that you are going to give right. a tenth, but a spirit of generosity, a spirit of grace says, don't follow the letter of the law. Follow the spirit of the law, which is always exceed, yeah. you know, exceeds. I, I think, you know, if you're a brother in Christ, instead of, you know, if you're whatever business and I want your business, instead, instead of asking for a discount because I'm a Christian, why don't I pay you even more? Yeah, bless How about you. bless you even more because you're worth it. And you're, yeah, you know, I care about you. Because I care about you. And that's how you extend, you know, how, how you break trust. 
oh man, I don't want to work with a Christian business because every time I work with them, you know, they, you know, or I don't want to work with Christians anymore because they all expect me to give them a discount. It's like, I can't do that. I can't sustain my business. Yeah. Versus, oh, I want to work with Christian because they bless me. They tip me extra. Yeah. They give me, you know, that's what mile. it means to build trust. Yeah. It's extend and, favor. And, and what a, again, what a kingdom thing that you and I can have such a degree of trust that I literally trust that when I'm not there, uh, or there's a decision that needs to be made, you're actually thinking about my best interest. Yeah. And I, I could be careless yeah. in the sense that I could care less what's going to happen because you're caring about me. And, and you know, too, I'm caring about you. Yeah. He gave the example. I thought this was so good about an employer who renegotiated uh, his employees' um, health benefits, got them a better coverage for a lower cost, mm-hmm. and then took the money that and was saved... saved yeah gave it back to them. So when they had their uh, employee gathering and your CEO says, oh, by the way, you're all getting better health insurance. What? Our, our, our leader was thinking about our health coverage and trying to give us better coverage? Wow. Oh, and by the way, here's a, here's a check back to each of you uh, on the money that we saved. Instead of us keeping it, we're going to give it back to you as a bonus. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that do to that employee's sense of commitment to the company, wanting to do a better job, caring about um, you know the, the well-being of the, of the company, caring about the company's success. I mean, it goes off the charts because the trust level just went out the window. Because yeah. what it said was, you were caring for me when I wasn't even thinking about caring yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and then you went above and beyond and gave me money that you could have just quietly, you didn't have to tell me that you saved money or that you got better coverage for less, right? Yeah. You could have kept all that silent. Yeah. But you, by sharing that, let me know that you're not only thinking about me when I'm not, but you're also looking to take profit that was made and give it back to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is that. Talk about kingdom. Yeah, uh, that is revolutionary. And what does that produce? It produces trust, trust. which is what what we're really Man, trying to talk about absolute today. Absolute trust. So, That's final good. word on trust. I think the final <laughs> word is, is building trust is really, really hard. It is really hard. It's not instinctive. It's not instinctive to to empathize, to listen from the other person's perspective. It takes time. Yep. It takes energy. I have to reorient my my whole perspective towards my day to day and my in my current position right now. And the pastor to change my mindset, change my scheduling up because I realize I have to make. Uh, when I meet one-on-one with my direct reports with the people I, I work with directly, I'm trying to build trust with them. I just know that, I, I share on Sunday, I can't give that that gift and know to everybody. I realize I just can't. Yeah. I, try, I try to get to know everybody. Possible. I know yeah. I know nobody. Yeah. I, I help no one grow. But if I can be laser-focused on just a few people, again, it's just a change in mindset. You have to really get how important this is and how valuable this is. Yeah. But when you really empathize and you listen, you focus, man, the growth is tremendous. So. This is what's so counterintuitive about the kingdom is the soft stuff, the spiritual stuff, the warm, fuzzy stuff, the relational forgiveness and all that. It seems like that's unnecessary to a business world where it's all about the bottom line. But what we're understanding is if you don't take care of, of your people sure. and you don't have yeah. a, a right culture, you're going to be spending money, Ugh. you know, Time, energy. That you haven't even dreamed of. Just replacement and dealing with relational fallout and and conflict and lawsuits. And uh, how much waste waste is rooted in simply mistrust? Yeah, absolutely. I I even think of the the, uh, certain 
work workforce versus the, the us them mentality in yeah. so much of business today oh, where there's yeah. where everybody goes into arguing and right. fighting because it's all about oh, I'm versus get, workers I'm gonna yeah. get yeah I'm gonna get the best I can possibly yeah. get. I'm gonna squeeze every bit right. I, I can because I know you don't care about me all you care about is making money but I got to care about me I got to fight <laughs> remind me there's a story in uh, good to great is I think they're a steel a great steel company and when the unions try to come in those guys says no we are aligning ourselves with owners because guess what they all are the company is is employee owned so they are the owners. They have aligned themselves, the majority of owners, so much. It was just like, we don't need representation. Yeah. We, we're good. There's such and, trust and, there. Yeah, not, not that we're trying to be anti-union, but even look at the, the union, the labor relations between uh, management and, and, and union. Uh, that starts from a contentious standpoint. It, yeah. I, I automatically start recognizing you're the enemy yeah. and you don't have my best interest, right. which is why we have to unionize. Right. Uh, to make sure that we cover our bases. Yeah. And what would happen if we just brought Kingdom into that situation? Yeah, we're not knocking union because this is on both sides. And the and employer is not building trust, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's why unions were created in the first <laughs> right. place, because, because right. of all the uh, abuses or to, whatever. To, to so, trust, yeah. so, But just think of what Kingdom does when you come and say, as an employee, what can I do yeah. to know you, to know right. your concerns as a yeah. boss? What I win as a boss, you as employee win. And you can trust me that when we make money, you're going to make money too. Right, right. Man, how cool would that be? This is not just a fairy tale world. This no. is actually the realm of the kingdom, and yeah. this is the realm you can live in, and we we can begin implementing the, the this. The practical action steps for you to say, yeah. look at this list and be like, how can I be more intentional today? How can yeah. I be a better listener? So today? think about it personally. Think about it in your realm of relationship. Think about bringing home really close to like if you're married to your marriage, to your spouse, to your children. I've, I've gone before my kids before and said, you know. Please forgive me. I didn't handle this correctly. I was I was authentic. I was vulnerable. I said, let me tell you how I feel. But tell me what's going on in your world. Why why this behavior? Why did you act this way? Why did you do this? This is how it made me feel. Forgive me for you know yelling, raising my voice, whatever. And I instantly see a coming together when that happens. Ah, oh, Dad, you know. You were you were justified in what you did. I shouldn't have done what I did. I was selfish, or you know, that's how your relationships get healed and how trust gets yeah. established on the most basic level of you know marriage and family. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, good good stuff. Kingdom good stuff. stuff. It not only works, but it produces great blessing. And we pray that you would be blessed this week. So let's go out and reestablish trust where it needs to be reestablished. Be a person of integrity. Empathy, vulnerability, make sure that in all your relationships, the people that you're working with, they win and you win. And if they work with you, they can be carefree because you care for them. All right, have a great week. We look forward to getting back next week on our podcast to talk about the second core essential to establishing. Can I give them a little teaser? Yeah, come on, tease the, them. The ability to be oriented towards the truth, to, to not see, to, to see past your blind spot and, and, and face reality. You won't want to miss it. Lots of good stuff with lots of applications. So we'll see you next Thursday.